This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Threats from the beer store folk, uh, as I'm reading it, that they uh, say, look, we want to negotiate in good faith for uh, however this thing is reconfigured and reformed. But uh, barring that, of course, you'll see us in court. Or will they? I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those contentious issues, but the whole idea behind it, the gist of it is to uh, open the market up for the sake of the consumer, convenience, price, and a lot of other reasons. Now, the beer store discounts a lot of that, but there have been two reports that have gone into the government. Ken Hughes had the report. He's the point man on this uh, out of Alberta. We talked to him last week. And the Retail Council of Canada has likewise filed a report, and their spokesperson, Diane Brisebois, has joined us here on The Oakley Show to... Uh, Give us a different read or account of things from what we heard of the criticisms coming from the beer store earlier last week as well. Diane, good to have you back on the show. Hi there. Hi, John. How are you? Very good. By the way, uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce weighed in on this with a letter to the Premier two days ago in the aftermath of the Ontario Chamber coming out rather forcefully and saying it was a bad practice to tear up a contract as such. Uh, First of all, what do you make of these two chambers uh, weighing in, and especially the U.S. Chamber? Uh, I I think... Uh, it's outrageous. Think about it. It's an industry association, supposedly represents small, mid, and large businesses, telling the government of Ontario that they should be supporting a monopoly of three uh, global international players, that they should uh, uh, make sure that Ontarians have less choice and that Ontarians pay more. It makes absolutely no sense. I, I could not believe uh, that uh, they had the gall to send that letter. And I think it's also sad that the parliamentarians, regardless of political stripe, in the legislature did not denounce the letter. Uh, it's, um, it's beyond comprehension. You know, we, you want more competition. You want more choice. And the letter basically says they should so it's pretty hard to defend, I have to tell okay, you. I'm hearing wind chimes or something like that. Uh, are we talking in Never Neverland? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. but Oh, okay. Well, hang on. Let me, let me bring it back down to reality, because the U.S. Chamber, as well as the Ontario Chamber, headed by Rocco Rossi, who's a friend of this program, yeah. suggesting that, you know, really what's in play here is credibility and establishing business certainty under the rule of law. And that was their overarching theme here, uh, so despite it being, you know, a freer market and so on and so forth, is there a vestige of uh, something very solid in their argument or not? No, I don't think so. Um, It is a known fact that such a contract does not exist anywhere else, number one. Number two, uh, Rocco, as well as any other leader of an industry association knows quite well, there's a rule. A prior government does not tie the hand of a current government. So this government has the right uh, to walk away, to renegotiate, and to ensure that Ontarians get choice, convenience, and competitive pricing. So I don't think they have a leg to stand on. Um, You know, in the United States, you can pretty much buy beer and wine anywhere. So it's kind of ironic that they would be defending a contract that lessens competition. And it's a contract that is not good for the province, certainly not good for most of the businesses in Ontario. All right. But let me then just uh, play to that aspect of uh, being for consumer choice and uh, opening up the marketplace, because the chair of the board of the beer store actually uh, responding in a statement today, and it's in front of me, says uh, the agreement that currently exists 
expands ownership of the beer store to all brewers in Ontario, large and small, ensures a greater opportunity for small brewers to gain market share through dedicated shelf space and greater in-store marketing opportunities, expands the sale of beer to 450 grocery stores, and reserves the right of brewers to actively compete with one another by setting their own prices for their products and ensures the beer store continues to operate on a cash flow even break basis. So the point is that they have done things in this agreement that they were mandated to do, I guess, by the Liberal government well, uh, to I, open it up to retail. I disagree. Because you just looked at the craft beer sales in grocery stores versus the beer store. Beer store... The total craft beer sales represent 2% of their total sales. And when grocers started selling beer, they made sure that there was much more shelf space for new craft beer brewers. And they sell 10 times more. So I can tell you if you talk to local craft brewers, they will tell you that they have not been able to get listed that if they're too small, they can't produce the quantities that the beer store says it needs. So it really lessens competition and innovation. There's, it doesn't work. I mean, we represent thousands of retailers. They all compete. And when there's more competition, uh, there is more innovation, there's more product, and there's certainly more competitive pricing. So until such time as it becomes a level playing field, we truly do not believe that consumers will be well served. That's the reason why we applaud the Premier and the government for doing this. Again, Diane Breesbaugh is uh, with us, the Retail Council of Canada, weighing in on this whole beer store uh, kerfuffle with the government and uh, having filed one of the two reports that are, I guess, informing the government as to policy going forward. Uh, you know, last week we heard from a consultancy group that actually uh, had been, I guess, hired by the beer store people uh, to dispute your findings in your report. When you say 9,100 jobs would be created, they thought that that was just a pie in the sky. You're pulling numbers out of your hat. Uh, how did you come up with the 9,100 jobs? Well, because we looked at how employment was affected when beer was allowed limited in a limited way but was allowed to be sold in grocery stores so we saw employment we also talked to craft uh, brewers the small ones who all of a sudden got shelf space were able to build scale who knew that uh, who told us they were hiring so that number doesn't come out of nowhere and i i should also say that what's interesting about what uh, their numbers is that they will tell you that if you take tax out of the cost of beer in Ontario, that beer here is more competitive or as competitive as Quebec. And that's absolutely not true. If you take tax out, Ontario is still 8.3% more expensive than Quebec. So if they can't even come up with the correct numbers when it comes to the price of beer, you'd have to question anything they say after that. The other thing they've uh, pointed out, and uh, I've heard... Oh, by the way, uh, on that point, though, of the craft brewers, uh, yes. if my understanding is correct, the craft brewers are limited now in the number of uh, dedicated kiosks in which they can sell their product. I mean, they have to go through the beer store, but they're only allowed, like, two in the entire province. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's very limited, and it's extremely difficult for the new young brewers to grow. And as you know, it, the only way your consumer can get to know the product is if you can display it 
the advantage of being able to sell through convenience stores and grocery stores is you get to be a very small craft brewer and make a deal with three local grocery stores or three local convenience stores and finally start building that volume. Currently, with the system in place, they cannot do that. So your emphasis is on the local and local economies. Oh, it's, it's huge. It's huge. You know, whenever we produce a job in retail, we usually affect four new jobs in other sectors, transportation, design, e-commerce, advertising. So it is there, it's, it's the right way to go. Well, you know, the beer store uh, says in their own defense where their model is uh, now well entrenched, they're also uh, they're showing social responsibility, and they say they keep almost 2 billion alcohol containers out of landfill sites each year. This is a part of the return policy that they have, and uh, therefore it's recycling, and it's a well-established model. We wouldn't necessarily see that with smaller convenience stores and the smaller craft brewers and so on and so forth, and you say what? Well, you know, there's there's a program here called Blue Box, which is in fact funded by most of the retailers and the large manufacturers. Uh, this province has done extremely well at managing recycling. It is innovative. It's putting new programs in place. So we're not suggesting, you know, we don't know how they're going to negotiate. But to assume that that's going to disappear, I think, is uh, inaccurate. There will be a recycling program. Uh, what it will look like, it's difficult to say, but we're not privy to those conversations right now. But uh, the retail community as, uh, is responsible. They've always been involved in recycling, and uh, I'm sure that uh, we will all be working closely together to make sure that continues. All right. Well, as the legislature has recessed for the summer, this has not yet been passed into law, as we keep saying. Yeah. And so uh, perhaps this is all part of the back and forth and the negotiations in pub, uh, the public square. Uh, we'll wait and see. I appreciate, Diane, you're giving us the perspective from the Retail Council of Canada as well. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.